have to say I've got more than a big surprise for you. Because I know, I know what you're at. And it's, it's, I feel awfully deeply saddened by this, but you don't work as a temporary secretary. I know for a fact that you actually, you're an undercover journalist and you've robbed somebody of coming on a proper blind date. You work for Cosmopolitan magazine. She's a journalist, ladies and gentlemen, not a blind date at all. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of A Very Special Episode, a podcast where I get to curl up on the sofa and talk TV with some of my favourite people. This week, my very special guest is Chris Smith, the writer and wig maker extraordinaire. Um, This week's episode is a little bit different, as you'll hear, because this is the first episode I've ever recorded kind of live and in the flesh, um, not in front of a live studio audience, in front of, uh, well, I guess, in a, in a hotel in Glasgow. Uh, and as you'll hear from this, that uh, we did record this about six months ago. It was recorded in February. I think the content, the stuff we talk about is still a lot of fun. I don't think I'll ever record in the flesh again, because once I got back um, and kind of listened through to the recording, my big honking foghorn voice and Chris's um, sweet Irish lilt did not uh, quite match up uh, in the in the mix. But I, I sent it along to our fantastic editor, our my fantastic editor, Tori, who has been editing the last few episodes. I'm sure you will have noticed the improvement in quality, uh, and she's been able to pull it all together. Um, uh, so you can barely notice the difference. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with the, the bit of work that she's done on this one. Uh, so here we go. Here's Chris Smith talking about community. My very special guest this episode is Chris Smith. Chris is an Irish writer who spends his days making wigs for theatre and frantically scribbling his 4am thought. He's had several projects in development with Tiger Aspect, BBC, Hartswood and Brown Eyed Boy. Hello, Chris. Hello. And this is a very special episode because this is the first episode that I've ever recorded live in the flesh. In person. In yeah. person, in a glamorous Glasgow I'm travel. Making very uncomfortable my <laughs> contact with you right now. Yes, I my lovely suite here. Oh, yes, in the, the Queen's suite. Yeah, I just think. pop the microphone up at the grand piano. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, weird to make eye contact because I don't even, when I'm recording these, I don't even put the video on. <laughs> I mean, because the thing that I record them on, you've got to pay extra for video and I absolutely why, why would you pay extra to have to look at yourself the whole time? someone ah, who yeah. wants it um we're going to take you back in time first of all i always say we on these podcasts and it's only me like i mm. record them and edit them. <laughs> no he's lying <laughs> there's a whole team frantically frantically working behind it <laughs> well they don't want sacked because it's not a very <laughs> high production values affair um what sort of stuff did you like watching when you were younger um i uh Really love watching, I think The Simpsons was the first thing that really ever kind of scratched the itch that I didn't know I had. And I spent a lot of time watching comedy that after that that didn't. Like everyone in school was obsessed with Friends, which I I never really enjoyed. Famous watching. hater of Friends. It's very famous. <laughs> I just, I, I well, like I grew up thinking I didn't even like food because my parents were plain eaters. I grew up thinking <laughs> I didn't like comedy because Friends didn't make me laugh. Oh. And I think, and it's, 
it's nice to see well i mean people turned on it recently but because people turn on everything but because it's uh, politics haven't stood the test of time <laughs> i'd have much rather they turned on it because it was shit Ah, no, I think Friends is all right. I, I've still got a soft spot for Friends, even though it is probably... It's of its time, but are all? I just think it's very 90s, and even down to the kind of informal catchphrases they all have, mm. the gurning and the... <laughs> I just find Matthew Perry and David Schwimmer deeply grating. If you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, they are very big fans of the pod. Right. That's, uh, <laughs> Friends of the pod, Matthew Perry. Oh, sorry, Matthew. He's cancelled his Patreon. <laughs> no, I like Friends. I, like, I think the women in Friends are undervalued. Uh, yeah, and, I think uh, the best thing that Friends brought us was the comeback. Yes, yes, yes. And Jennifer Aniston. I'll always... True. I'm yes. a Staniston, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> a grafter. And then Courtney Cox is still going. She's well, still going. Well, well parts, of, parts of her are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you... Because I suspe- I thought when I invited you onto the pod that you would choose a Simpsons episode or a Frasier episode. Well, I didn't want to put you through watching <laughs> an episode of Frasier. Thank you. The worst program that's ever been made. so wrong about it? <laughs> it's very, very boring. It's for, it's the thing that was on when Friends wasn't on. Yeah, me, that's so. why I liked it. Because it wasn't Friends. We really are the opposite sound. <laughs> we are. But that's what makes this work. Two spicy flavours. <laughs> what, if you were going to pick a Simpsons episode, which one would you have picked? Put you um, on the spot. Oh, what an ambush. Um, there are... I don't know. I tend to think of The Simpsons as moments rather than episodes. Mm. I just think of it as, again, because it was the first show that really, really made me laugh in a way that was totally unexpected. When I Probably the Frank Grimes episode, because it's so dark. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And, and um, yeah, it's just wonderful. It never, it never pulls back on, even until the very end when <laughs> Homer kills that poor man. <laughs> Um, do you still watch The Simpsons? Yes, very regularly. Yes. Well, the first 10 seasons of it, of course. Not an animal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. There's Because all of The Simpsons fans I've had on here so far, I think everyone is a nostalgic Simpsons fan, but nobody's actually still watching it. I wonder who is, because they're still making it. They are. Um, enough people, I guess. Maybe it's just really cheap to make. I did try <laughs> watching an episode from season 35 recently, and that was that was tough going. Season thirty-five. Yeah. That's that's that should be tough going. Yeah. What would it even be about at this point? I couldn't. I, I watched it and I wasn't entirely sure while I was watching it what it was about. John Mulaney was in it, so that's nice. Oh, wow. Well, it's good to hear he's getting the work. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what sort of stuff do you like watching now? What are your go-to genres? Um, I'm a big fan of comedy. She's still. a funny girl. She's a funny girl. Yes, and she she loves to laugh. And <laughs> loves to be made to laugh. I, I've recently finished watching Superstore. Oh, yes. On yes. Netflix, which I did not think from looking at it because the premise was just so bland, people mm. working in a in a big box supermarket. Yeah. And I thought there would be no room for anything, you know, which was very um, classist of me, I guess. Yes, it is. Um, but but it, was, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was wonderful. I uh, cried my eyes out at the last episode. It was, uh, yeah, it's just beautifully done. One of those shows where I watched the first episode on Netflix and I was like, don't get what people are seeing in this. The first one is fine competent and then mm. it becomes sort of much better in a sense it has it shares something with the show that we're going to talk about today because it has this sort of low level background cast of ensemble players who um, who, who get their moment in the sun 
and get to be kind of larger in life. And it, it takes its ensemble. It loves its ensemble, which I think is uh, okay. a mark of a show that I love. Maybe worth going back Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Um, what's your comfort watch? What are the, the shows that you find well, yourself going back to? Not to make the bile rise in your throat, but Fraser. <laughs> what do you see in Fraser? I think it's so well structured. I think every episode, some, one of the writers said once that it was every episode was like a little play. And I think that's possibly what you don't like about it. Yeah, I think it is. But it's sort of tell us a joke. If I wanted to see a play, I'd yeah, go to the theater. Want to see an old woman fall in a bin? Um, <laughs> see, that's funny. I'm laughing even at the thought. Yeah, where, where's the custard pies? Um, no, I really enjoy Fraser because, again, I wasn't I, I wasn't even a particularly funny person. I didn't really have much of a sense of humor in, as a teenager, and I think I sort of learned how to be funny from Fraser. Oh, that's interesting. Because yeah. I find you funny, but well, don't find Fraser. Millions funny. don't. Um, <laughs> no, I um I would watch Fraser figure out why something made me laugh and then sort of reverse engineer it to be funny. Okay. And then I started I think I was for a little while copying jokes from Fraser wholesale and then adapting jokes from Fraser and then just writing my own jokes just as a, in conversation. Ah, that's that's that makes yeah, sense it's actually. Like the little that's... boy who could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Not a boy in a cant. So. <laughs> um, do you have any other comfort shows? Um, just... I really love Thirty Rock as well. I think Thirty ah. Rock's a oh, wonderfully wacky sitcom as well. It's just I just love a left field punchline. Yes. And it just brings with those. Yes. Um, good character work, messy pilot. Yes. It's overstuffed. But uh, I don't know. I just think it, it just holds up really well. I mean, I'd rather something be overstuffed than be understuffed. Unstuffed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I'd rather something had was trying to do too many things yeah. than, you know, not the majority, but there's a lot of comedy that is just coming in with it's set in a shop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, And yeah, I like 30 Rock for that because it could be, I think that show could be very, and it wasn't massively popular, but I think it could be very, very insular and the sort of show that does really well because people who commission telly and make telly get what's going on. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think a lot of the meetings that I've had people like to talk about how they never, ever make shows about TV being made. And then you name, you know, W1A and, and so on. And you, you list off about five of them. They go, oh, those are just exceptions to the rule. Yeah. It's not really a rule. It's just more of a superstition. <laughs> are you a, a teen? Do you remain a Tina Fey fan? Um, I have watched a little bit of Girls 5 ever. Hmm. Which uh, which I did enjoy. I just don't have the time to watch things. Oh, she's a very busy woman. She is a, she is a busy woman. She is. <laughs> I liked Girls Five Ever, but I think I think that probably what didn't work about that for me, like the Thirty Rock TV thing. I think as somebody who really loves pop music and loved that type of pop music from that era, I felt like it wasn't being made. But it didn't have it didn't have somebody with an eye on that. Okay. On it. Like it was just guesswork. It, it felt a little bit... Yeah, and, and also the uh, those girls all felt like they were all in different shows. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean but from that. I also, I didn't love um, Kimmy Schmidt as much as everyone else did. Yeah. I thought the jokes were good, but it just never kind of... 
worked as a whole. But then I, I dropped my expectations for it. Yes. And started enjoying it a lot more in its own terms. Yes, yes. A good premise. Yeah, I like Kim Smith, actually. It was, um, it was, to me, it was more of a gag machine than a character show. But yeah. I just like to see a big fat gay man and an old woman having a nice time together. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, here we are. Great house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, sorry, made myself laugh. If you can't laugh at yourself, how in the hell are you going to laugh at anyone else? Um, what's something that you watch a lot of that's outside of your wheelhouse? So apparently, I've recently been informed <laughs> that it would be very unexpected for me to watch something like Line of Duty, which I do. Um, and uh, what can I say except that I have, I have needs. I've, I have base urges. I love a cliffhanger. I love something which throws character entirely out the window except that they occasionally mention that they need to eat something <laughs> um i just i just love a car chase i love yeah i love it um what, where did you sit on the last series oh that it was, was very controversial mess <laughs> it was a mess but i um i think it was possibly drawn out for far too long and then had to you know like it reminded me a little bit of lost mm. where it could have all been done very quickly and perfectly near perfectly but then it was drawn out for popularity reasons and they painted themselves into a corner and they had to had to wrap things up is there going to be more of it is that it i think they left it open-ended but it's um to me it read as a series finale she's over yeah, I just I found it surprising that you were into that. It feels like because because I don't like it. I assume mm. people, and, and, and I say I don't like it, by which I mean I've never watched it because it doesn't appeal to me. Um, I don't know crime and police, and I'd be much more interested in the robbers than the cops usually. That's fair. Mm. I mean, they are they are bad though. Oh yes, bent so cops. Please, please remind yourself. Yeah, <laughs> corruption is bad, um, as we are frequently reminded on yes. Line of Duty. Um, no, I just think it's um, it's it's what I do enjoy about it is that the tensest parts of it are interviews. They sit two people down or in an interview room and they have a back and forth. And somehow that has more momentum than all the action scenes and it put together. It's deliberately done that way. Mm. To me, it's a real masterclass in sort of showing your narrative cards at the right time. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I'll allow it. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good Thank you. Yeah. Um, what is, what's an iconic TV moment you go back to again and again? Oh, well, uh, this is a particular favourite of mine. It, it has to be... Silla Black ambushing that journalist on Blind Date. On Blind Date, wow. Undercover. Can we hear your Silla? <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> it's, oh. it's maybe like a noise in the back. I've never really attempted to do a Silla, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Nicola. No. no it's like Cut she's back. <laughs> she never went away. <laughs> I just peeled off a rubber mask. Um, no, it, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, again, I'm going to keep using this as the word of the, the week, masterclass. Um, in just, I don't know, it's everything she does is is wonderful in it. She manipulates the audience to round on that woman. Yes. She repeatedly uh, makes her feel guilty. And talk uh, about hiding your narrative cards. Well, like exactly. She, really yeah. <laughs> she, she let her speak for a long time before <laughs> she, she dropped the bombshell that she and, knew she was a journalist. And after she's dropped the bombshell, she pulls out the receipts as well. Oh, she does. <laughs> oh, she, yeah. <laughs> 
That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It, it is really beautiful. We have a lot to learn from skill. where Stella lived her life. <laughs> I mean, she, she, did she not die in the sunbed or something? So, yeah, that's how I want to go. Completely. <laughs> in Paul O'Grady's house. I don't even care if he knows I'm there or not. Um, what are you watching right now? Um, I'm currently watching uh, a little anthology series on Netflix called Love, Death and Robots. Oh, wow. I have never heard of that. Yeah, I hadn't until last week. So, um, uh, yeah, my uh, uh, lesser half put me onto that one. <laughs> and it's little short movies between 5 and 15 minutes, uh, mostly animated, all in different styles, um, all about something different. It's just, I, I think I'm really craving something very short um <laughs> i don't have a lot of time at the moment i'm currently on tour and don't really have a lot of free time so mm. short is um is a plus i am also uh losing sleep to watch drag race because well, who isn't? it's my civic duty <laughs> uh, well i don't know I, I think a lot of people are saying they're not but i imagine everyone is still watching it yes i mean yeah there's yeah, there's a lot of name names. Naming names. Yes. I think there's a lot of complaining about oh, there's some, there's too many series of Drag Race, and I just feel very like there's not enough for me. <laughs> like well, I could do with a few more. And if you're not, you don't have to watch them. True, like, true. Well, I think it's you caught. I'm kind of caught in a phase where I do feel like I do have to watch them because I want to. Like, is it possible to be able to keep track of it all? And I know you yeah. can. I think you are in the minority here. I I can, but even I had to beg out with Italia. I haven't seen Italia. I haven't seen the second season of Holland. I've only seen one episode of the second season of Canada. And I know I'm missing good stuff. And I do like people wearing big dresses and big wigs. So, you know, there is that. But it is, it is, it, it can feel a bit overwhelming at this point, I yes. think. Yes, yes. And that's just for us. Imagine how old RuPaul is doing. <laughs> Although my, my favourite story recently has been uh, Michelle Visage talking about how she was doing Spanish lessons oh, in, yeah. in lockdown. And then she offered to be a judge on Drag Race Spain. Like, come on. Come no, on, Duolingo for eight weeks. Could, and that, that was already the best series of Drag Race mm. that ever been. And it's somehow, after broadcast, has got better with the <laughs> definitely definitely you watching anything else just now i i don't think i am actually no no not not tv wise it's movies at the moment ah. low commitments which what this is not about so. <laughs> well some people try to talk about movies on here and i have a very strict, strict shut that down <laughs> shut that shit down. well i know this one this won't make it on air but i did go and see scream just to see uh, courtney cox try and work the lower half of her face i saw that last we can, I don't know. I, time is a flat disc at this yeah. point. I saw it recently. Just like, like she had to react to someone's death and couldn't use her eyes to do it. She had to do it all with like everything below the nose. It, oh. it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. I, I came out of that film, as I do with so many of these reboots, where I came out of it and I was like, that wholly didn't need to exist mm -hmm. and wasn't that good, mm -hmm. but I still had a lovely time. I just remember when they revealed the killer and I went, which one are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just happy to be out of the house. Well, sometimes. yeah. <laughs> it didn't scare me, though. Like, none of the jump scares actually got me. No. And there's a lot of teasing of jump scares as yeah. well, which I found annoying at a certain point. I did think the one bit that I really enjoyed that felt like Scream in 2022 was the guy not being able to unlock his phone because his hands were sick with blood. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was the, the rest of it. Keep it. Unnecessary. Anyway, but sorry. fun. Um... 
Uh, I think it's about time to talk about your very special episode. What have you brought for us this week? <laughs> for the class, I have brought uh, season three, episode eight of Community. Which is called? Documentary Filmmaking Redux. Yes. But well done. I hadn't, you, you didn't know if I knew the title. But I didn't know if I knew the title of it. Oh, uh, dug it out of you. Yeah. <laughs> What's your relationship with Community? Community is a show that I started watching right at the same time as I watched uh, 30 Rock. So it would have been a couple of years before I moved to London. Um, I'd just graduated from uni and was working a very depressing job in a call centre. Uh, and I did happen to meet someone who had a very good sense of humour, which uh, was rare in those days I worked jobs where not a lot of people had a sense of humour. Thankfully, mm-hmm. it's not the case anymore. But um, and she recommended 30 Rock to me. And I think she mentioned, and I think actually while I was Wikipedia in uh, 30 Rock, I fell down a Wikipedia hole and ended up looking at the Wikipedia page for community. Mm. I thought I'd give that a go. And I did. And that, you've seen it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. That's a show that starts off a bit more, quite a bit unassuming. Yes. And then sort of gradually twists on itself and uh, shows that it's it's about sitcoms yes it is about what the sitcoms about so that was and that felt like that really felt like having my mind blown at the time because mm. it's quite meta and this was back before meta was part and parcel of everything yes actually it makes me uh, it does make me think of how influential community has probably been probably oh, really, yeah. and not necessarily getting its flowers for being that the blueprint she is the blueprint <laughs> she is she is but just in terms of like being a show with a very simple premise with really good characters, but then kind of moving into this sort of slightly gimmicky and I come and go on how much I like it. Mm. But that sort of episode of the week where like a very mad thing will happen. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I think knowing how hard it is to kind of shift genres and remain true to what you know, your show was to begin with and then still pull it off. Mm. I think even managing to do that is a pretty big accomplishment. But I personally loved all the, the genre episodes. I loved it when they, they did Paintball and then mm. Paintball. Uh, they did it as an action movie, then they did it again as a cowboy movie, then they did it again as Star Wars, then they did it again as a as a taut political thriller. <laughs> um, which, uh, and I loved it every time. At, um, one of their best episodes is just them sitting around a table playing Dungeons and Dragons with yes, each other. Yes, yes. Uh, which technically is a genre, which which I think kind of encapsulates the whole series because it is just people sitting around. I love, I love people sitting around a table having an argument. Yes, I yes. just cannot get enough of it. I write a lot of things like that. I, uh, I enjoy players like that. Mm. I think that's part of the thing that works for it as well because they are very interesting characters that shouldn't there's only so many premises that you could put all of those characters in at the same time and i think the relationship stuff is so solid that by the time you get to the slightly gimmickier stuff mm. not gimmicky that's the wrong word but like the playing with genre and the having a very specific this is what this episode is yeah they are you know who those characters are enough to know yeah, the way they're reacting. Up. Yes, yes, that's what I was trying to get Thank to you. Yeah, in my 10-minute moment. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Much space have you got in this hard drive? <laughs> um, although the thing I... We'll talk a bit about the episode in a minute, but the thing I sort of was reminded of when I watched this episode is how much... Ken Jeong, how 
much he was so, he was just like a normal teacher at the start and then he quite quickly is well he i think he started off as lightly psychopathic and then became <laughs> and then became a full on antagonist mm. over the course of several series was he um, not living in the walls at one point he was like, <laughs> i mean he sure we've, was, yeah. we've all been there we've all had our True. six months <laughs> <Who> among us <laughs> that he who has not dwelled <laughs> Do we need any context for this episode before I we think go in? Quite possibly. It's a it's a bit of a loopy premise, even for community, because the thing that it's spoofing is this time around is very specific. Yes. Um so the premise for this episode is that the dean of the college, who generally up until now has been a bit of a wacky background character, mm. sort of bursts in in a fancy outfit and says something, uh, and then bursts out again. As a bit of a scene stealer. Hmm. And he's been asked to make a commercial. That's what they call them over there. For <laughs> um for the school. And he uh it starts off as a simple little film project that takes one day and then slowly it just sort of spirals and spirals out of control until he's lost his sanity. The project doesn't make sense to the casual onlooker. The workers are revolting. The school has just fallen into disarray. <laughs> They're seventeen thousand dollars over budget. Someone's gone missing. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a sort of. I mean, uh, I guess when you, when you take the idea of simple idea gone out of control, that's a very classic sitcom trope. Mm. But the way they do it is through them. It's being filmed as a behind the scenes documentary of the making of the commercial. So what we see is that documentary, and it's done in the style of Hearts of Darkness, the uh, the documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now. There's also a lot of Synecdoche, New York in there. Never heard a, of it. It's a very, very good film that is an absolute pain in the arse to watch. It's, it's a it's a Charlie Kaufman film, so the guy that did Being John Malkovich, mm. and it's about someone who, well, it's, what do we, I mean, I'm not qualified to say it's about <laughs> the capital A, but in the film, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman starts making a, a small play project that then spirals out of control beyond the realm of what is physically possible, where he's taken, he's built, he's replicated an entire city block inside a giant warehouse. And uh, it's like a Truman Show type enterprise. And, oh, then, wow. and then he hires a woman who becomes his understudy, who's following him around and like learning how to, how to oh, it's okay. very, very, very surreal. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's stead with me, even though it is a real, Bollock to watch. It's like two and a half hours, isn't it? Oh no, who's got time? No. I'm a very busy woman. <laughs> a 24 minute sitcom is really pushing it sometimes. You kind of told us what the episode's about already. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> um, 60 second synopsis? I, yeah. I, I think not. <laughs> what do you like about this episode? Um, what I like about it, for me, this is the, a real turning point for this show because the show started as a lot of sitcoms that want to live um, do by trying to be all things to all men. Yes. And this, for me, was an episode that would shut more people out than it would welcome in. Yes. And I think it just represents a moment when they just stop trying to appeal to anyone, mm. people who already love them. And I find that very... <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I like that. I think there's a confidence to that as well. Like, Because yeah. I think, yeah, I think a lot of sitcoms do start in that place of like trying to be all things to all people, but you you can't. And no. I think community found its audience. Like, because it's a show that even at the time, it was a show that people, and still a show that people love. Mm. Um, if you've watched community, you've 
you must have loved it. Cause... I think, yeah. I think if, if you saw it through, it was for a good reason. And even like, you know, there was a point in time when you had to watch it on yahoo.com yeah. and not even by Dan Harmon. Uh, yeah, I think I was um, backflipping through digital tripwires to, to try and find that for a long time. Oh, I mean, these are real skills that are lost to time now. Now okay, that. Um, now that Drag Race has gone on to WoW Presents Plus oh, and people, yeah. are, um, people are discoursing about how terrible it is, they oh, have to pay $3.99 a month to watch I mean, it. is there anything they won't do? <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. I'm just like, I'm always like, I've watched Drag Race since you had to watch it in seven disparate parts on like a potato quality <laughs> version. What it's I will like, not understand <laughs> is why people will stream things instead of like downloading like a watchable quality mm, thing, mm. is it? Torrenting. Yeah. That was the oh, ancient art. Dark arts. <laughs> um, but Community was one of those shows, I think, and you had to love it. And I think that's because of that confidence. Yes. But its, it's reference pool is so weird, but so makes sense, mm. I think. I'm, yeah, I think so too. Because, I mean, you've seen the episode and enjoyed it, but you've never seen Synecdoche. Mm. No. So it, it, it isn't so far up, its, up itself that it can uh, draw on that without... Uh, about making it fun. Yes. Other things you like about this episode include? Uh, the bringing of a background character very much to the fore, and not just to steal the show, just to, to have a bit of heft and, dare I say it, pathos. I said it. Yes. I said, yeah. it. <laughs> I said it. I can't put that back in the box. <laughs> um, it won't be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, yeah, I, I, love, I love a show that, takes its ensemble that has a wacky ensemble that takes it serious it's just a specific thing to love but when your ensemble is that strong mm. any one of them can step up and take the mic for a bit and it won't feel forced and i think um the dean is uh as someone who also enjoys bursting into rooms in elaborate costumes <laughs> and stealing scenes now I, it makes i know um i uh <laughs> I feel like you're going to pull that hair off and you'll, have a, you'll be bold. I'll be silly and I'm going to expose you as a journalist. I really enjoyed seeing someone who someone who the show necessar didn't necessarily take particularly seriously mm. get to have his moment in the sun and also for it not to feel forced or lectury or anything like that. It's, um, yeah, just a little shift in perspective. Yes, and is this the first time that's happened for that character? Like, I'm honestly not sure. I know it happens a few times, but because community is something that I dip in and out of non-chronologically now, mm. I mean, the, the timeline is... Broken. Yeah, the timeline is alphabet soup. <laughs> so um, so I, do, I don't know. In my head it is, but it, it's also possibly because it was the most impactful episode to me. Yes. And I think the thing that I really liked about it is the clarity of those characters, like going back to it. Haven't really, I don't think I've revisited it since it was on telly. Like it, I watched it like as it was on telly and then I don't know, I abandoned it like one of my many children. I, uh, I've not gone back to it. And then I, but particularly Shirley, who has a character I absolutely love. Mm. With, like, she's, she's not got that much to do in this one. But she is also the thinnest. Like, I think they've gone on record as saying, you know, they gave her the least to do. In mm. Mm. I just, it's that voice. I just she's, fucking she's, love her. She's, she's about Nicole Brown's performance. Yeah. Of that sweet voice. Shifting into... And then shifting into... <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, yeah. Let it clip. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then I I think the strength of that cast as well, you can see in this. What's he called? Jeff. Joel McHale. Joel McHale. I thought was very good in this. Weird combination of syllables, isn't it? Yes. Too many. Joel McHale. I mean, no. Um, no, I thought he was very good in this. Uh, as uh, oh, that's another tr- yeah, because he he plays the dean in mm. the commercial. But one of my favorite kind of mini tropes is sitcom characters doing impressions of each other. Yes, it's why everybody loves puppets and Drag Race because <laughs> by that point, if if they do a good impersonation of each other, it's just so entertaining. Yes. So yes. to see Joel McHale in a bald cap doing an impression of the dean. Oh, it's just wonderful. And then bringing in Ken Young. As his understudy. Uh, and that's, oh that's directly from Synecdoche. Like even, oh, really? Yeah, even him followed, there's like a little mini scene of him just pacing around with Ken directly behind him. Hmm. And that's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Diane Wiest. Oh, yeah, wow. Like, yeah, gay icon. Um, Two names I did not think I would hear today. <laughs> um, yeah, pacing, pacing around together. And then he pulls, he's got it. He's got a Jeff wig on top of his hair and then a ball cap on top of that. And there's a moment where he steps up to take the role and he just pulls his ball cap off and shouts, understudy! <laughs> and I just... I've got a friend who I just shout that at sometimes. <laughs> it, there's something very specific about this show that little bits of it will come to the fore in your mind 10 years after you've first seen it and become a catchphrase long after that you thought it ever would. Yes. The one, not from this episode, but the one thing from Community that will forever be in my head is they do a sort of Glee parody Christmas episode. That was my second choice. Is it Britta doing the sexy baby song, essentially? like She comes on and (laughs) she runs on and she can't sing at all Mm. and ruins the whole thing. Yes. And the, but the last sort of lines of it are just boopy doopy doop sex, and it's beautiful. Oh no, that's um, oh, that's uh, Alison Brie. Annie. Alison Brie, what was she called? Annie. Annie, boopy sorry. Boopy doop <laughs> sex. Uh, yeah, that is wonderful. And that and another top moment in that is when Britta runs on during the pageant, and she's not meant to be singing, but she runs on. So, <laughs> so I'm singing that, and the whole crowd goes out, oh, and you just hear the dean go, oh, "Britta's in this." <laughs> I loved it. I loved that. That yeah. Some of these things really do stay in my head. What doesn't stay in my head is Chevy Chase remembering that he was ever a thing. Yeah. A sort of. He's very sidelined in this episode. Yes. Particularly, I think there's other episodes where he did more. Mm. But uh, yeah, he is very much not a part of this episode and has a very thin reason not. And it's weird, I think, because I think that character should work in a show like this, but I I suspect because it's Chevy Chase and, by all accounts, he was a bit of an arsehole. Yeah, they they had a lot of trouble working with him because he was difficult to work with, apparently. I don't know, I remember reading bits, about little small bits that didn't get made that would have improved the show. There was meant to be a scene. There's one episode where they go into a video game to, uh, to retrieve... Chevy's father's will or something like that. <laughs> really, honestly, if you've never seen this show, yeah. <laughs> it's about people going to a school. Um, but, uh, yeah, and there was meant to be a little tag at the end of that that um, that they came up with last minute that uh, Chevy... It would have been very heartwarming that Chevy refused to shoot. Mm. So, and I think that kind of... They were thwarted in other places as well. Thwarted? Yeah. Nice yeah. Other things that you like about 
they sell with episode. Just what a sort of just, just how dark it is, really. Mm. Like they they match it with some there's some dark jokes in there, not all of which I'm going to repeat. No. Um, but you could, I and could. I think that would be a good podcast. And that would be a great podcast. Yeah, um, uh, let's have an audio recording of me saying <laughs> it's what the people have been crying out for. Uh, yeah, no, no, nice try. Um, I no, I think it it, um, it it does go dark. And it, it, they do say at the end that you know they they, for, they forgive the dean for going down this sort of madness road, and he said, "Why did you forgive me?" Because we've all been there, which is why we're all here. Yes, I think that it always my favorite episodes of Community always tie back to the idea that it's these sort of broken people who just find each other, mm. and then sometimes they sort of ask the question of, "Are they even helping each other?" Mm. or Making things worse for each other, but that's that's not a that's not a this episode question. No, but yeah, I think that is right, and I think that this episode it's a thing that I like about Community is that darkness and the sort of reality of those characters, mm. and it manages to sort of wrap it up and take it to a nice place so that you can come back next next episode mm. and everything's sort of reset, but without becoming too saccharine or sort of unbelievable there's no sentimentality Mm. to it which if you know me (laughs) i I cannot stand sentimentality (laughs) she hates it oh my god what are they doing grow up no but the thing is i cry a lot of things Mm. you'll catch it i yeah i get it from my mom i caught her crying at an episode of how clean is your house (laughs) and i didn't know why i said was it a sob a sob story episode no it was just because the house was very very clean (laughs) um but i I cry a lot of things but if i feel that something is saccharine or manipulative i clam up instantly Mm. went to see um the musical of the color purple and the ending of that is very manipulative. And mm. I just instantly, I shut down, mm. refused to kind of engage with it. And it, while everyone around me was, you know, very messily crying, which made me look like the, the horrible person in the room. <laughs> I think you can so often, when people do that, though, you can see the joins. And I think with community, I think it's often deceptively clever. Yeah. But you can't see where they are sort of pulling you in different directions you can't always see that mm. immediately so do you think there's such a cleverness to it did you watch the um have you seen the dan Harmon documentary oh, no, i haven't Harmon town yeah he comes across as a real freak so. yeah i think that seems yeah <laughs> on the level i i think he's i, I don't know i am i, um, I kind of want to say that i think he in some ways, peaked with community. I'm going to get murdered for this. Oh, no. Well, I mean, what's he done since? Well, he's Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. Which is good. I don't like the burping. I can't watch it because of the burping. That's fair. <laughs> there is a lot of that. Um, but it is very good, but it's gone too far down the meadow. Yes, yes. You know, it was, it, I never thought I'd call community subtle, but community is comparatively very subtle to, mm. compared to Rick and Morty. I mean, yeah, because yeah, we say that thing about I think if you liked community, you liked community. Um, and if you didn't, you didn't. What a profound... Wow. <laughs> I am literally crying right now. <laughs> but I think, yeah, there was it, it was a very... I, I just think a show where, like, it does have a sort of niche appeal, but I think enough of a niche appeal that 
like enough people can like it to make a sitcom with a big cast every single week. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I do. I don't think the same of Rick and Morty. No, I think Community paved the way for a lot of stuff. Like I think it does a lot of tricks that you see in things like Superstore. Mm. Well, you would if you'd watch it. Yes. Um, where, where you know they, you can you you can see things being lifted, like how it uses its side characters, um, how it uses its scene stealers. A lot of a lot of what it did felt like it was reinventing the wheel a little bit like it, mm. how, in how a sitcom could feel fresh mm-hmm. yes yes anything else in this episode that you think deserves a mention no i think i've talked it through one of the things that i also really like it is those kind of there's something about the not to be too much of a wank but there's something about the structure of the jokes oh yeah but i think that he does this thing or the community does this thing quite often where they give you the joke and the punchline and then they give you another joke yeah, like a tag on it yeah like i'm sorry for what i've done to the ice cream machine please no one eat out of it till you've cleaned the nozzles yeah. like that <laughs> fucking i'm i'm so jealous of that it's extremely funny i can't my um some of my favorite lines in the episode are unrepeatable <laughs> um I, I am trying to think of it uh like there's some stuff with Shirley in there, and like about how the dean's white guilt is preventing him from from asking her to to put on a sassy voice. Yes. And then you think, oh, how are they going? And then they just cut to her, and then they let you have they they have their cake and eat it because mm. she does the sassy voice. Yes, it's extremely funny. I think I forgot I'd forgotten that element of it. The like um, talking heads bit is that is that no, always in community? No, that's just because the style of the episode was. Um, as a documentary mm. so they sort of cut and there are episodes where they do a documentary with talking hands but mm. generally no it's more um standard single camera because even that feels meta because so many comedies at the time were doing that oh yeah yeah modern family and so on that was the, yeah and parks and recreation i never really kind of gelled with that in them it just because it didn't it didn't feel like it was part of something no it was just uh, it was just an excuse to have well no you know what it worked but it, you would occasionally go is this a documentary like what of yeah <laughs> for what <laughs> what end <laughs> um, is there anything you don't like about this episode um no no I don't think there is I um it caught me off guard and I think for a sitcom in its third year mm. to manage to catch you off guard profoundly is is a huge achievement and then for that to be something you could go back and watch that stands up and says something and um just makes you it, it just it just stands up to repeated watches so well mm. and this it's one of those shows where i just find something new in it every time i would agree and this has made me want to go back and watch some of my favorites you have anyway. to watch the glee club one again i will i will definitely um the one thing that i don't that never quite works for me about community, but I think it's more about how people react to them as characters is Troy and Abed. Like, okay. I just, they're never the funniest thing in the episode for me or very, I, very rarely. I agree. I don't think they're the funniest thing, um, but I do think they're very sweet. Yes. And I do. 
own I have a, one of my prized possessions is a Troy and Abed in the morning mug, oh, wow. <laughs> which I bought on a trip to New York from the NBC store from a, for an extortionate price. And I, when I packed my suitcase on the way home, it was it was at the very epicenter of it. And so many other things got broke. <laughs> I didn't care because the mug survived. Ah, no, I, I mean I don't I don't hate them, but I, yeah, it's that thing of they are what a lot of people remember from community. Yeah, and I think there are two people who remember that I'm taking the wrong thing away from, yes. from me. Uh, but it, they were never as iconic as the show thought they were. Yes. But there was so much other good stuff that it didn't matter. They weren't hanging everything on that. Mm. Yeah, because I, I, I guess it's, yeah. Cause it's it all... is still very sweet to see that kind of lovely, just two heterosexual male friendship where they've with a very kind of not intimate isn't the right word but mm. well, maybe it is but oh i don't sanction it it's not no. for me. <laughs> it's too not many too many of them <laughs> not in my backyard <laughs> um and what makes this a very special episode for you uh well like i say i think it um it just to me is just such a a really good example of finding the people you love or people who love you the most and that you love the most and doing the most for them yes that's a nice that's a yeah a good way of wrapping that yeah it's it's just such a gift to everyone who loved community for the reasons that uh that it wanted to be loved Hmm. thank you a very special episode and thank you for making this a very special episode now they say that to literally (laughs) and i know for a fact you do now lounging on your travel lodge bed like a a dame on top of a grand piano (laughs) i'm ready for the the christmas cabaret (laughs) well well, i sing hair big (laughs) um where can people find you and where do you wish to be found um well if um (laughs) I don't know when when is this going to go out. Uh, February, end of February. Okay, well, probably by the time this goes out, you've got one more week to catch my work <laughs> in the UK tour of nine to five. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. in the in the lead role. In the lead role, I'm playing nine. Um, yeah, that was a good joke. That was. A good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. That's what makes it. it uh, a good joke. It's such a, such a mean joke. Such a da- I'm going to make such a good dad one. Um, I am intermittently on social media at uh, Mary Chris Smith S N Y. Brilliant. Just make that a little harder to find me. Wouldn't expect much, but uh, it's free. So. <laughs> Thank you again, Christmas. Thank you. Oh, and we need to say goodbye because I keep forgetting to say goodbye. Oh, okay. And then it's really weird when you... <laughs> you were halfway out, <laughs> yeah. halfway out the door. <laughs> Bye! Bye. <laughs> and there we go. That's fast becoming my catchphrase, my very shit catchphrase on this uh, podcast. Um, but there we go. That was another one in the bag with Chris Smith. I really enjoyed that chat. Uh, even though it was many moons ago. I'm sure Chris and I will have another conversation uh, in future, so stay tuned for that. Next week's very special guest is going to be Debbie Moon, the writer, screenwriter Debbie Moon, who will be talking about an episode of a show I had never heard of before called Leverage, and the episode is called The Girls' Night Out Job. Um, Leverage, at the time, 
time was available. It's, it's available to watch on Amazon Prime, um, but at the time I was watching it on IMDb TV, which should give you an idea of how long ago I recorded these episodes because IMDb TV no longer exists. It's now called Amazon Free V, apparently. Um, I've not watched anything on there before. It's the kind of free to watch, um, but you have to watch adverts. Uh, streaming TV channel, which feels like a nice little experiment, uh, and I hope to see more of that sort of thing in the future. Um, so until next time, don't touch those dials.